welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. people shout with a voice of triumph our Lord is worthy of our praise and adoration come on we can do it a little better than that this morning come on lift up your voices unto him he is worthy he is worthy of our praise he's worthy of our honor he is excellent he is the Almighty God hallelujah blessed be the name of the Lord Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I come to receive something from the Lord today. Hallelujah. I had you say that because that's usually our mentality when we come to God, when we come to the house of God. I've come to receive something from God. But what if we came with a different kind of a mentality? Flip a little bit. Why don't we come to the church come to church and say, I haven't come just to receive, I have come to touch God. I've come to touch God. And what that tells us is sometimes it's our motivation, our motives, our purpose, our reason that we come to the house of God, that gets the, 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 the movement of God in the house. We may not feel like it. We may have had a bad night, bad day. Everything could be going wrong. Few arguments on the way to church, whatever it might be. Flat tire, police officer pulled you over, you name it. And that can just fizzle everything out. But if you can fight through that and come into the house of God and say, I have come to touch the Lord today. I did not come just to receive, that's great, but I have come to touch him. Hallelujah. Well, bless God, you got me both services today, so we're just going to see a move of God. Hallelujah. Luke the 8th chapter, you're going to know this very well, but it's going to prove a point to you today, amen, of what I want to speak about, because I believe it's paramount that we understand, amen our position in this end time uh, you know I went to a Spanish anniversary service last night Amen. Uh, nine annuals right nine years for uh, the stewards nine-year anniversary and the thing about that is that they have outlived the life expectancy of an early church the numbers around, I think the high number mark is around seven. Seven years that a young church will make it. It's like they say in a business world, if you make it past five years, you're, you're, you know, you're on track to be successful. Anything can happen. So I went there last night, and of course, we had church. And uh, we had people get the Holy Ghost. Amen. God was doing great things. We're excited about that. 
Last weekend, y'all blew the roof off this place. Amen. I submit to you, though, this Sunday is no different than last Sunday. Same God, same time, same building. God hasn't changed. So God came in today saying, hey, what I did last week ain't nothing. It's only a precursor to what I really want to do in your midst. Praise God. Amen. So we're going to talk about that today. Beginning in verse 43, and a woman having an issue of blood. We know that story. How many has ever heard the story before in the Bible? Okay, you're, you're familiar with it. Amen. Twelve years, everybody say twelve years, had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any. Came behind him, who? The master. Jesus. And touched, everybody say touched. Touched the border of his garment and immediately her issue of blood staunched. I'm going to stop here for a moment. Didn't plan on it, but I'm going to stop here. That's why we got to get out of the habit of coming and saying, I want to receive something from God. Because when God gets to moving in a service and begins to move all over the place, you ought to be reaching out to touch him with purpose, with what's going on in your life, whatever you need. We sing the song, he touched me, oh, he touched me, right? And oh, the joy that flooded my soul. Something happened. Amen. Let's flip that today and let's say, I touched him, I touched him. Oh, man, that was wonderful. I touched him and God changed me because you made the move to touch. She touched the border of his garment immediately as your blood staunched and stayed Jesus said, who touched me? Everybody denied it, Peter, and they that were with them said, Master, the multitude thronged thee, uh, the press is great, and sayest thou, who touched me? Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceive that virtue or power has gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Go in peace. Who touched me? Lord. Look around you. There's all kinds of people pressing on you and pushing and thronging you. They're, they're all around. There's all kinds of people. Lord, we've even been touching you. Mm -hmm. No, that's not what I'm looking for. Somebody touched me with faith. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, do you have that kind of faith today? Do you have that kind of faith today to reach out and touch the master? and believe for whatever need you have in your life. Do you have that kind of faith today? Well, let's just preach for just a little while this morning, and let's just see how our spirits will co-mingle today with the presence of the Lord and see what God will do for us. Lord God, we thank you once again for being in your house of worship. You have all power in heaven and earth. Nothing is impossible with you. Amen. We call upon your name because your name is above every name. At that name, every demon trembles. 
that name we call over in baptism for the remission of sins, that name, you are the Savior of our soul. And I pray, God, for next little while, Lord, open up our hearts as we open up our hearts and our minds and our eyes, God, that you would flood them, amen, with potential, flood them with, with faith, amen, that we might believe in greater things, amen, because of the power, amen, that you've invested in us. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray and let the church say amen. Can you clap your hands one more time under the Lord? You know, you may be seated. Touching celebrity in our day and time is a big deal, I guess. A movie star, a musician, or somebody that's really, uh, uh, you know, important in this world's economy. And I uh, got kind of amused at uh, one celebrity, seen another celebrity at a uh, restaurant. And so that celebrity thought, because they were a celebrity, they could go up and get the attention of that other celebrity who was a ball player, a young ball player, only to find herself pushed away and, and uh, go read the story for yourself. I won't insinuate anything that is not uh, there and all that kind of stuff. And then feelings were hurt and, and uh, everybody, you know, you know, it's just celebrity. They are just flesh and blood like you and I. They have to put their clothes on the same way we do. They got to tie their shoes the same way we do. They, we do. Amen. They got, they got to eat too. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, he's preaching now. Celebrity in the world. Everybody thinks all the world about celebrity. And they try to touch celebrity. And it's like, woo! Heard somebody talking the other day because they were getting to spend all this money going to concert. The lady said, tell, don't tell my husband what I spent. And, and so I'm sitting there thinking, are you crazy? You're going to a concert to hear some girl sing. You're spending that kind of money, and you are a grown-up. Celebrity, celebrity will mesmerize people. They'll buy the uh, different magazines when you're going out of the checkout lane. And, and don't tell me you don't check them out. Because you go through there and you're looking at so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And some of y'all reach up and grab it. Because you want to hear the latest gossip of Hollywood. How many knows what I'm talking about? Amen. But understand this. There's one thing about celebrity. There's a whole other thing about Jesus. Because we all want the Lord to touch us. <clears throat> and when that happens, I'm telling you, things will happen. You don't have to receive a touch from God. Come on, tell your neighbor right now. You don't have to receive a touch from God. Well, why are you telling us to tell each other that? Because it's the truth. You don't have to. Amen. You can, you can, you can put your wall up and you can kind of get your mind on other things. And you don't have to have a touch from God. God will not break down that perimeter and touch you when you don't want him to. But if you, uh, if you desire a touch from God and you want God to change you, uh, then you will allow your mind to become focused on what you need from God and you will pursue it, amen, with everything that's within you. Oh, clap your hands, all your people. <clears throat> Shout with a voice of triumph. Glory. 
So we know what happens when God, when he touches us. But what happens when I or we touch him? Well, Luke 8, 46 tells us, Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of my body. Virtue has gone out of me. Virtue has left. Power has ebbed from my body. They couldn't understand it. What is virtue? Well, virtue is another word for dunamis, dunamis, dynamite, amen, from uh, 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 the word force, which li literally or figuratively, especially miraculous power, usually by implication, uh, it's talking about a miracle itself. From the King James Version, it's uh, ability, abundance, meaning might, <clears throat> mightily, mighty, Mightily or might, mighty deed, a worker of miracle or a worker of miracles, power, strength, violence, <clears throat> mighty, wonderful works. Virtue, power, dunamis. Something happened. You know what it's like? How many ever wore the kind of clothes that when you come inside from outside in the wintertime. I've got these little fleece kind of jackets that I wear because they're light, but they keep me warm. And so I'll come in and it's warm in the house, so I'll unzip them, take it off, and there's a process. The process is What do you mean? It means that there's electricity going on in that thing. And it's lighting me up while I'm taking the jacket off. So you, got, you just know it's coming. You know it's coming. You see, that's the point. The point is simply this. Uh, amen. That when we're in the presence of God, when we're here like we are today, and what happened last weekend when I wasn't here, amen, I'll tell you this right now. We ought to come expecting. We ought to know what God is going to do in that service. We ought to expect it. Well, Pastor, what if he don't? Come again. Don't stop believing. He has all power in heaven and earth. If you'll just get involved with him, you'll realize the current's going to flow. Come on, let me say it again. If you'll just put him on and walk around with him, you're going to realize the power of God is going to flow. Put on Christ. There's power. There's virtue. There's power in that name. Everybody say power. Power, power. power Wonder-working power. Right? In the blood of the Lamb. Do you still believe in the power of the blood? To wash away and cleanse a multitude of sins? Or is that for the old folks back in that day? No, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We need it to touch us. It's the only way we can be changed. It's got to be applied to our lives. Why? Life is in the blood. She was a desperate woman. You know the story, so just let me make some points here this morning. She was desperate. 
Nothing worked. Life was in the blood. It was ebbing out of her. She was weak. Amen. The strength was not there. Amen. Too weak to go to work or to work around the house. She was sick all the time, weak all the time. Sure, her, I'm sure her hormones were just out of whack, off the chart. For 12 years, she was not permitted. Understand, she was not permitted into the temple to worship God because, according to Leviticus 15, she was unclean. Unclean. They had to tell people they were unclean. Her worship was hindered because of this. She couldn't go to the temple. She couldn't go and and, and worship God in the house of God. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. You know what, folks? Let me tell you something right now. You Turn to your neighbor right now and say, you are a privileged creature right now. Why do I say that? I may never get done with this message this morning. Because just too many things coming into my head. But we are privileged to be in the house of God. A lot of people aren't here today. But we are. Right? We are here. We're privileged to be in the house of God. She couldn't go to the temple. She was unclean. Amen. But those that went to the temple should have took it seriously and really touched God. They would go through the motions and everything and and do all their their duties, uh, amen, that were required of them in the house of God. But there she sat outside, desiring to go to the temple to worship, but could not because she was unclean. Right? Her worship was hindered. She could not enter into the presence of God because she was unclean. She could not participate in any of the Jewish religious ceremonies. Why? Because anyone she touched would be unclean. That's including her family, including her husband, if she was married. Anybody that touched her was unclean. This is dire circumstance, folks. Amen. The Bible does not say, of course, if she was married, but if she, uh, that, that, if, if she was married, but if, if she wasn't, she had no hope of getting married because she was unclean. Amen. If she was, her husband could not be romantic with her. Why? Because she was unclean. She had no hope of children, amen, because she was unclean. Why? Anything, once again, she touched was unclean. And when you go back according and read Leviticus 15, amen, verse 26, even the very furniture that she sat on was unclean. It has been said that the fact that she was in the crowd pressing around Jesus means that every person that bumped into her would have instantaneously became unclean as well, including Jesus, according to Leviticus. No doubt she was embarrassed. Let me tell you something, folks. There's a lot of things we might do that we're embarrassed of, but don't let it ever stop you from touching Jesus. In fact, when you read Leviticus 15, go read verses 25 through 30, you will find out that the furniture she sat on was unclean, the bed was unclean, all the furniture there, that was unclean. Anyone who touched, not just her, but her stuff. So if they would have happened to touch her clothes or touch that couch or touch that bed, amen, any of that, they they became unclean. 
they would have to wash their clothes, they would have to take a bath, and still be unclean until even. That's the dire situation that this lady was in. Twelve long years she went through this. Twelve long years. Suffering every day. Trying to get somebody that would have an answer to her problem. She was desperate for a miracle. Mark the fifth chapter, verses 27 and 28. Let's notice what it says. And when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, she thought, she came with this attitude. Amen. If I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. If I can just touch his clothes... I don't need to be the one that's let down when they tear the roof out and let the guy down in front of all the crowd and Jesus. I don't need to be the demoniac at the Gadarene. I don't need to be a, a Jarius' daughter. I don't need to be a lad. I don't need to be any of that if I can just slip in unannounced, unnoticed, and touch his the hem of his garment. I will be healed. Folks, let me tell you something. Some of the greatest miracles that God wants to do and what he has done is not because somebody was in the limelight. It's always because somebody was going through some serious stuff. Their life was a wreck. Here she was for 12 years. Can you imagine 12 long years going through what she went through and could not find an answer for it at all. It would have driven most of us nuts. Right? Come on, you know that to be true. You know that to be true. We get a cough and where we go, we're headed to the doctor. Why? Because we want him to give us some kind of medicine that can get that thing gone real quick. How would you like to go through an ailment that 12 years, 12 years, you went to all the doctors, you spent everything, you had 12 long years, uh, there you were, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, we have the mentality, I'm just waiting to receive from the Lord, I'm waiting to receive from the Lord, amen, switch it around, in her mind, she said, you know what, I can't wait on that, I need to touch him. I'm telling you this morning, amen, some of us that are sitting in here today, we need to change that mentality uh, and quit running from the Lord uh, and run to Him and say, I need to touch Him. I need to call on His name. I need to make, make acquaintance with Him. Look, look, look at this. Let's go back to Luke 8, 8 verses 45 and 46. Jesus said, once again, who touched me? Who touched me? And everybody denied it. Everybody denied it. And Peter, they, and Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee. See, they had a logical answer. That was logical. Well, Lord, you know, hey, I, I can imagine, I, I, I can imagine Peter might even say it, you know, you, you know how you do things sometimes, right? Hey, man, you know how you do things. You, you'll, you'll, you'll sit there, you're talking to somebody, you want to emphasize something, you'll reach out and grab their arm, you know. And, you know, could he have just reached out and said, Jesus, you know, there's a lot of people touching you right now. A lot of people thronging you. 
uh, well, look, Lord, I'm even touching you right now. Could, could it be? He logically approached it because that was the truth. A lot of people are touching you, Lord, and yet you say, who touched me? I don't know. But Jesus went on and he said, somebody, had, in other words, what he wanted to say was, somebody made contact. Is that all we can give the Lord today? Somebody made contact. Somebody touched him and virtue left his body. That's totally different than thronging him or pressing him or there for the party, so to speak. No, there was somebody there that said, you know what? I'm not like anybody else. Amen. I'm not in this crowd. I just want to do this and kind of slip away and go home and be happy that I was healed. No accolades, no glory, no nothing. Somebody touched me. Why? Because I perceived that virtue, power. Electrical, if I can say it this way, electrical charge. Amen. It wasn't that she actually touched him. Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee. There were so many people. There was all kinds of people touching him. But there was something different about that touch. You see, he was on his way to raise Jairus' daughter, when you read the story, from the dead. He was on his way to do something. When you back up, actually, in, 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 the, in the first verse of Luke 8, we find there, and it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. Verse, in verse 4, he spoke to the multitude by parable, and then he had to turn around and explain it to them. Luke 8, 19 says, Then came to, to him his mother and his brethren, and could not come at him. Why? Because of the crowd. There was a lot of people there. Verses 22 to 25, it tells us he was resting on a boat and had to calm a storm for his faithless disciples. Oh, ye of little faith. How long are you going to be with me? You've been walking with me. When he got to the Gadarenes, a man who had a legion of devils met him, and he cast out those devils, and the people, what did they do? Instead of rejoicing, they ran him out of town. Let me stop and say something here today. Please don't take this wrong. But do you know we can do the same thing in church? Can you listen to me this morning just for a moment? We can do the same thing in church. God will come and do some things, and then all of a sudden, we just won't respond much anymore and just kind of push him away. And then he'll be merciful and come back and bless us again, and people get, get, get touched by God, and then if we're not careful, we'll just kind of go silent and push him away again. Folks, we need to take this seriously. I'll tell you right now, it worries, it worries me. It worries me in my own personal life and in pastoral life. Amen. When, when I see what God can do, but I also see what we won't do. God can do this, but we won't do what it takes. We don't reach out to touch Him. Amen. 
I'm not saying you got to run the aisles every day. I'm not saying you got to swing from the chandeliers. I'm not saying you got you to jump up and down 15 feet or whatever. No, I'm just saying you open your heart. You open your mouth. You open your mind. You raise your hands. You begin to make that connection with God. Every time we come in the house of God, every time you pray at your house, every time you're in the car, wherever it might be, amen, there's an opening of you, amen, that, that, that will facilitate a moving of the Spirit of God. So he was on his way. Man of the Gadarenes, I mean, think about it, folks. Cast them devils out. Put them in the swine. They ran off the cliff and drowned. And they're like, well, bless God. You get out. You just get on out of town. You just ruined our industry. and you ru No, you missed it. You've been fighting with that dude in the Gadarenes for a while now. He's a wild man. You can't control him. You don't know what he's going to do. He comes in on the shore. That demonic man falls at his feet, acknowledges who he is. Uh, they speak out and say, why have you come before our time? You know, what, what, what are you, why, are you, why are you coming to torment us before our time? And then before it's over with, they just say, well, can I go in the swine? And he says, yeah, go. And you see that, but you're not moved to make connection with him. You're moved to chase him out. That doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't make sense to me. I feel like every time the presence of God begins to move in a service, uh, amen, we need to connect with that. We need to let God do a great work. Uh, we need to be uh, purposeful with it. Uh, amen. We need to touch him. Amen. Touch the hem of his garment and say, God, I don't know what you have for us today, but I'm in on it. Uh, I will touch you. Uh, amen. For the purpose of somebody's life being changed. Oh, clap your hands unto him. So he gets to Jairus' daughter, 12-year-old daughter, fell sick. Jairus wanted Jesus to come and heal her. Verse 42 says, For he had only one daughter, about 12 years of age. She lay a dying, but as he went, the people thronged him. Now think about this, folks. This is no, this is no big um, uh, uh, scientific or, or any kind of a uh, thought, well-thought-out deal. But think about this. The woman had suffered with that illness for 12 years and she was dying. Jairus' daughter was 12 years and she was dead. I'm not putting numbers together. I'm just saying, think about it. In this storyline we have, a woman with the issue of blood for 12 years, no quality of life at all, and God touched her. That blood was stayed. Her life was changed. I said her life was changed. She was not the same woman that she was before the touch. Jairus' daughter was dead. Jesus was on his way. But she was raised from the dead. Her life was never the same. Do you think they sat around dinner table and talked about everything else? I, 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 would, I, would, I would submit to you this morning that anybody that came to visit their house, part of the conversation was, you know what? She should have been dead. She was dead. But she is a living example today, right now, of Jesus Christ, the, ma the Messiah, the Master, that came by and touched her, and she is alive. Think about that. 
Amen. Dead but alive. Amen. For he had only one daughter about 12 years of age. She lay, lay a dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. You see, the Lord knows how to work through all the nonsense. The Lord knows how to work through all that. And although there's a lot of stuff coming, but nothing's really serious. And people are there. It's the fan club. And people are kind of looking at, you know, just kind of watching what's he going to do next. And all of a sudden, without their knowledge, this lady touches the hem of his garment. And he noticed out of all of that, you see, God's looking for people that can just sometimes secretly move in. With a mission to touch the master. Do you believe that today? Amen. Think about that today. Suddenly, suddenly, everybody say suddenly. Suddenly, there's something happens there. I, I, I like the word suddenly. Amen. Uh, because, because it says suddenly, Jesus stopped in his tracks. He stopped in his tracks. You see, folks, there's a lot of things. Power, he said, has gone out. Amen. Let me tell you something this morning. Amen. You know, there, there, there was so many things going on in Galilee and different places. Amen. There was observation going on. There was, there was the, the Pharisees and all of those kind of people that were following around trying to trick him and trying to trap him. The Lord could move with it. The Lord could move with it. Amen. You see, Jesus is not looking for a fan, fan club like a celebrity's got. He's not looking for postcards in the mail. He, he's not looking for the, 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 the tweet or the Facebook. He's not looking for all of that stuff. No, he wants you as you are, amen, to purpose within your heart that you need something from him. And it's not about, it's not about all the, the hype and all, everything else going on, amen, but it's about God touching you, amen, and you want that to happen. So what you do is you purpose and say, you know what, God? I know there's a lot going on, so I'm going to reach out to touch you. Some people want to come to church and say, hey, woo, give me a show. The Lord comes to church and say, hey, give me somebody that's desperate. Somebody come in, woo, come on, hit that song again and let's dance a little bit. And the Lord says, hey, just give me somebody that can... Slip around while nobody else is paying attention. They're, they're, they're looking at so many other things going on. And all of a sudden they touch it. And that virtue goes forth. And their life is changed. Hear me. This is a, this, this is a if I could say that crowd, but, I, but we live in a society that simply our motto is let me soothe my conscience society. Let me come to church just so I can say I went to church on Sunday morning because, you know, my family did. Amen. But I really don't want to be changed. Amen. I don't want to be changed. I just want to be there, but I don't really want to be changed. Amen. I could, I could go on. She probably went to the doctor because somebody else said, hey, you know what? I got a real good doctor. How many's ever done that before? How many's ever told somebody that was sick and you had something maybe you knew? And you say, hey, man, I got a real good doctor. You know how many people I told about my knee surgeon? I walked up to somebody, 
And, and they were going to, yeah, I got to have knee surgery. I, you know, we're talking, uh, this, this is on the plane, you know, coming back from Florida. And uh, so we're talking a little bit and, and uh, back and forth. And, and uh, yeah, I, yeah, I had, had knee surgery, had replaced. And I'm talking, the husband's next to me and his wife. And uh, she says, yeah, I got to have mine done. Or he said, yeah, my wife's got to have hers done in October. I said, oh, yeah. And I'm going, man, here's my opportunity to share my story. And uh, so in the midst of it, I said, um, well, where are you having yours done? And she said, Beacon Orthopedics. I said, ah, never mind. Because that's where I had mine done. Same group of doctors. So you know that. But see, understand this. You know, if something good is happening, you can suggest to somebody, oh, I know a doctor. I know somebody. They're really good, right? But yet at the same time, it's different than just that person having contact with them. But she did this for 12 years. Everything that was suggested to her, she had went. Nothing worked. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, is anything working for you? Is anything working for Let me ask you this way. Is your prayer life working for you? Are you fasting a little bit? Is that working for you? Are you reading the Word of God? Is that working for you? Well, I'm going to tell you, you can fast and nothing happened. You can read the Word of God and nothing would happen. Amen. You can go to church and nothing would happen until you decide that you're going to make a connection with what you are reading and who you're praying to and who you're sacrificing for. We're not here just to soothe. We're here to experience. Amen. I don't want to be a part of the crowd. I don't want to be a part of the crowd. I want something to happen that's going to be significant and significant to the point that it changes my life. Significant to the point that it changes my testimony. You know, it's like I once was lost, but now I see. That's a testimony. I, I, once, I, I once was lost, but now I'm found. That's a testimony. I once was blind, but now I see. That's a testimony. Amen. I once was lost. Why? I was in the world of sin, but yet I, I made contact with the master. He, his power was put into me. I, was, I received his, his, his spirit. I was, I was freed from my sins. I, I got forgiveness of, of, of all of my sins. That's something that matters. And I'm here to tell you, when you are, when somebody's in trouble, life is in shambles. Somebody's hurting. When somebody has done everything they know, they've spent everything they've had trying to get better. Nobody can help them. There's no psychiatrist. Uh, there's no medical doctor. Uh, amen. There's no surgeon. Uh, there's no uh, physician's assistant. There's no PA. There's nobody that can help them. Many times family has shunned them. They've even tried to go to a church place where they should have been able to have gotten help or if nothing else at least compassion but even that didn't work you see Jesus knows the difference Jesus said who touched me turn to your neighbor and say you can touch him this morning Man. you can you can receive from the Lord this morning you don't have to go home the same way you came today. 
You can, you can make contact with the master this morning. You just got to change, change the way you're working right now. You can't worry about everybody else. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Well, if somebody else gets out of their pew, then I'll get out of my pew. We got to get rid of that stinking thinking. We, we, we got to stop worrying about what everybody else does. Who cares if you get out of the pew first and you come to an altar? Hey Amen. It's nobody's business why you came to the altar for. Amen. It's just you saying, you know what? I'm responding to the word of God. And I want the Lord to touch me today. Amen. I want to leave different than the way I came. Makes a decision. That decision starts with you and I. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. There's got to be desperation. But there's got to be faith as well. Amen. Let me tell you what, what, what she said in Mark's, uh, uh, I don't even know how long I've been preaching this morning, but what, what, what she said in Mark's version of the story simply says this in, in Mark 5, 28. Here, here's, here's basically what she said. She said, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. <laughs> Back to Luke 8, 47, it says, and when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for that call, what cause she touched him and now and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. You know what I'm shocked? I'm shocked that everybody didn't start running. The minute she says, You know, I, I had an issue of blood. Ow! I'm clean! I'm clean! And everybody just go poof. We got to get away from her. If we if we're not around there, they're going to expect we're going to have to wash our clothes. We're going to have to go through all this, and we're in for the night. But she said, "You know what? I'm not hit anymore." And what did Jesus say to her? He said, "Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace." Hmm. It's amazing. You know, she could have slipped out of the crowd and went home rejoicing that Jesus had healed her. She just kind of backed out of everything. But no, she fell down at his feet. She told everybody what Jesus had done. You see, too many times we want the Lord to touch us, and he will. But we will just get what we ask for. But you got to understand, Jesus not only healed her, he called her daughter. She would have never heard those words if she'd have just backed out of the crowd and went home. There's something about it. Let me read this. He was a comfort unto her, and I, I'm beginning to close, so music will come. Jeremiah 31, 13 says this. Then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance, both young men and older together, for I will turn their mourning into joy and will comfort them and make them rejoice from their sorrow. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in, in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted by God. I felt like I just needed to read that again. 
In other words, your experience, you need to take and help somebody else. You need to comfort somebody else with what you have been comforted with. John 14, 16, 18 says, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever and ever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you. And he shall be, notice this, what's he say? And he shall be, say it real loud. And he shall be in you. Say it again. And he shall be in you. Verse 18, he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come again. John 14, 26 says, but the comforter, which is what? The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Everybody shout, Holy Ghost. Whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Listen to me for a moment. He complimented her. He said, thy faith. Thy faith hath made thee whole. He made her not just healed, he made her whole. Thy faith hath made thee whole. All these years that were lost, any damage that was done by the illness, it was made new. He gave her hope when she had none. He gave her joy when there was sadness. Any sin she had committed was forgiven her. You see, folks, I'm going to stop and tell you right now. There is no doctor anywhere that can do what Jesus can do. And at the end of all that, what did he do? He gave her peace. Everybody say peace. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You see, there's no doctor anywhere that can forgive you. There's no doctor anywhere that can take, take a black heart and make it white as snow. What did Isaiah say? Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 16, 19. He said, wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from, from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Folks, let me tell, tell you this. You say, how could all this happen? Well, I close with this. God was so gracious enough to give us a plan of salvation. Hear me. Do you know that He doesn't have to save us? Do you know that He judged the world? You know different things would happen from time to time? And there was judgments that would fall. He could come and say like he did back during the, the days of Noah. He said, this wicked generation come up before me. I'm just going to wipe them out. But Noah found grace 
in the eyes. And even though it was him, his wife, his, and his uh, uh, sons and daughter, daughter-in-laws, only eight of them made it, plus all the animals that got on the boat. God still, you know what? I'm going to leave a remnant. And I'll let them start over. And here we are today. Here we are today. But judgment's coming one of these days. And only what we do for him is going to last. So as we stand this morning, I'm going to open these altars. Amen. And I'm going to appeal to you to come and say, you know what? I, I, I really want to be, I want to touch him today. Does anybody want to touch the Lord this morning? You want to touch him and talk to him for just a moment all over this place? I encourage you to do it. I encourage you to do it. I, I know it's 1114, but, but I encourage you to somehow just, just stop for a moment and say, Lord, you know what? I am nothing. You are everything. I'm small. You're great. I have no power within myself. Amen. I, I enjoy reading your word. I enjoy coming to church. Amen. But this morning, I just need a touch from you, Lord. I want to I want a touch from you. I want to reach out and touch you. I, I want my life to be changed, something to change in my life. Can you pray that way today, Lord Jesus? Amen. We're going to pray. These altars are open. Come on, Lord God. We come before you today knowing you do have all power in heaven and earth. You do have all power in heaven and earth. Amen. You are able to minister to touch and to change. And you're able to touch our lives today, God. We believe that. Bless us here today, I pray. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to sing a little bit. Let's raise our voices and let's talk to the Lord here this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Be lifted up. Come on, all over the building, raise your hands to the Lord. Just talk to Him for a moment. All over the building. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, in this place, Lord, touch us today. We come before you with purpose. We come before you with a need, Lord Jesus. Speak something into our spirit today before we leave. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we stand before you. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Lord, you're worthy. Not ministerable. Let your power go forth right now, Jesus. Let your power go forth and minister to Release your virtue into this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
place, in this place, in this place, in this place. No one else will do in this place. Take a neighbor's hand where it's appropriate right now. I want you to pray for each other. Call people's names out. You might have three or four of you together. But let's pray that God's presence would just permeate this atmosphere. That God would just move in our lives. Amen. To be that person that wants to touch Him. Yes, He will touch us, but let's, let's move out to the forefront and say, Yo, Lord, I want to touch you. Can we pray that way today? Pray for your neighbors. Somebody might be sick next to you right now. They might have a, have a sickness or a medical issue. Can you pray for them? Lord God, we come before you as we end this service this morning, Lord, knowing that you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. And as we pray for each other today, Lord, I pray, God, that healings would take place. Amen. That hope would arrive in somebody's life, that there would be some peace. God, we need you today. Help us become that instrument, that tool, that vessel that you can use, Lord God, in this end time. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God, strengthen the body, strengthen the church. Let there be a fresh a fresh purpose inside of us. Fresh drive, God. Oh, hallelujah. Give us that vision. Give us that purpose. Lord God, to reach for you with everything that we have, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Come on, I don't want to be like everybody else, right?